Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Good. It's good morning for you. Good afternoon for me. Six hours between Florida and Germany. Yeah, it's 7 a.m. So what time is it over there right now? Uh, 1 p.m. Oh, so okay. It's like just after lunchtime. How's your day been? What have you been up to today, Uwe Ball? Uh, yeah, so I did. I posted a lot of things. Like there's a magazine came out, Art of Horror, with a big interview with me and with a, a very good review of my Hanau film. And um, of course, when we posted about Postal 2 the last time, people were going ballistic. Yeah. Uh, in regards of that, that they love the idea. Um, the main problem is basically that Postal One has a huge cult following, but didn't make enough money, right? Yeah. And so Postal to Alone in the Dark or House of the Dead or whatever uh, was a flop. Yes. Right? So, and, and that is the same. It's like it, it gained momentum uh, after the fact and mostly on when I'm going now here right now, I go here on uh, 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 YouTube, right? And that, there you have like so many different postings from not only the whole film, the trailer, scenes. And when you add this up, uh, you're ending up on millions and millions and millions and millions of uh, of views. So the question is, if we do it for real, uh, can we in any in any kind of form uh, turn this into this time uh, sales? Well, you have to think. Last time we weren't prepared for the theatrical exhibitors to drop us at the last minute. So it was kind of primed to fail. But this time, if we prepare ourselves for a streaming premiere or or something like that, just because last time we were not, we had no notice. It was like three weeks before the release. So, I mean, and we had ads on IMDb that probably cost more than what the film made. So it took time for people to even get access to the film, let alone, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that, that, of course, but, but still the question stays like, do we have the typical uh, internet uh, uh, freaks who only out there to say in the end, I love Postal 2. And of course they all watched it completely illegal. <laughs> you know? Look at the first sequence of Postal, 2.7 million views on YouTube, you know? So, you know, like if, if we would have 2 million total fans on Postal and everybody would pay 10 bucks, we would have like $20 million. I think that's why we should crowdfund this time, but this time with a trailer and ads and just a more focused viewpoint, maybe we even hire a manager for it. But like we, I think that we need to give them one last chance to put their money where their mouth is. Like if you guys care about Postal 2 and you want to see it, please. Um, I, I know that, you know, times are tough, but you've got to pay for the art to keep it going. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like, we don't need 20 million, you know, no. but it's a huge difference to shoot the movie with five, six million, or it ends up that I should cash flow the whole film because I will not do five, six million on the table, right? But I don't want to shoot Postal for a million bucks or something. Uh, that would be uh, horrible. So, uh, and, and that is what I mean. It's, it's like, uh, oh yeah, Natalie tries to get a ladder away it's funny here from my office but uh we put the christmas tree up oh okay good yeah. so uh, uh and we have a plastic one of course but uh it's so big we totally made a mistake uh <laughs> buying it I, I remember this 
And then we walked out, out of the, uh, uh, like the home depot thing. And they said, where, where are the other two packages from your tree? And I said, what the fuck you mean? And like, I thought it's one tree in that one box. They said, no, it's box A, B and C. And so we, we bought by accident. So we bought a, like a three and a half meter high tree. And it like, it needs two people on a ladder to put all the people. <laughs> so it's a total disaster. Uh, but I mean, it's, uh, who gives a shit? So now we have that massive tree every year and then we just carried it out of the basement, bringing it up here. So that it, it's all good. But it's uh, like, uh, that Chevy Chase Christmas vacation movie only starring you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, trying to get the tree together till you get a, a total heart attack. And uh, now, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, um, with, with postal, I, of course, love it. I tried to go in contact with uh, uh, Norman Bowling Casting. They mm -hmm. got us the great cast together. So, so far, they didn't answer it. I asked then Clark, the line producer, to give me the confidential crew and cast list again, who we could uh, uh, go then after and try to, uh, uh, you know, trying to, uh, to get cast back from yeah. the survivors. And... Um, then um, Stefan Menekes, for example, he said right away he totally wants to do it. Remember, he was the guy in Little Nazi Germany. He's my assistant, who's like, uh, Mein Führer. Like, oh, yes, okay. yes. He has the letter who's on too. He's the lead in Hanau, actually. And he was in Stoic and so on, and Blueberella and Auschwitz. He's a great actor. So, um, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's the biggest deal to get actors uh, together and back, and, and, and but, but, uh, as we said, the the, uh, the 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 quality of Postal One was all the little clips, the little scenes. Yeah. And I just looked it up on IMDb again and looked at the crew and the cast. There were hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. Hundreds of people. It was a big production. And it, it was like uh, uh, there were the crew was way above 100 people. And uh, the cast was was uh, basically there were like sixty or eighty uh, acting parts, like not extras, acting parts plus two hundred extras. So uh, and that means like we maybe don't have to write it the way it was, but we also cannot cheap out everywhere and then are just like a a, a disaster. Yeah. Know? Yeah, no, but, I know. Uh, the corners. Uh, we we could do less scene changes, maybe we could have less sets, but we've got to have an inspired story. Yeah, you know, it's it's like you cannot go, but that is the that is the key, right? You cannot go from fifty scenes to five. I know. You, you can go from fifty scenes to twenty-five scenes in Postal Two, and you can go from eighty speaking parts to forty speaking parts, but you cannot go to ten. Yeah, and that, that that ruins everything, and it would ruin the vision, would ruin possibilities, and then we just it just sucks. And and uh, people out there need to know that like mixing and grading and all the other shit that this film needs to go through to be processed is really expensive. So like it's it's there's a lot more costs than you think involved. Yeah. And they're like hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, so. True, true. Now, yeah, and then um, we, so let's see how, how that develops. And uh, I'm pricing out the trailer first, but I think the, the key, it's better to spend a hundred grand to do a kick-ass trailer and a kick-ass uh, Kickstarter campaign and really trying to go for like five, six million bucks as to just try to shoot it for a million bucks ourselves or whatever it's it's it doesn't it, it will not pay out it's you need that i saw it on when you see a movie like a sold on wall street right it's a solid good movie good actors has a lot of good locations good production design good action and that is what you get for four million bucks yeah. you know and, and that is the level you need to bring to the screen 
to do basically anything where you have a real shot that you get real good sales. And if you go lower, you end up uh, um, in no man's land. Yeah, the movie looks cheap and it sounds cheap and it shows, you know. Um, I think you once said that you would rather make no film than make a movie that looks shitty or shitty quality. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just like the way, the way it is. But I mean, I'm, I'm having a lot of things on the go parallel, you know, the Elliot Ness thing and uh, uh, in the name of the King, the TV show and how one fight the middle medieval thing. And, and so on. So I'm, I made basically the decisions this time we will keep developing uh, till we have something really what, what has a chance to get the financing from a TV channel, a streamer. Uh, I think it's better as to just uh, shooting back to student filmmaking, basically, right? I, I think it's, it's better to spend the time to have it, to have it uh, proper done. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree 100%. And I think that don't be too discouraged about Postal 2 because it is a unique film and in this market like right now i think it's going to be hugely controversial but i also think that we need a film like that because I, there's something going on with it's like both sides like republican and democrat left leaning and right leaning their response to the other side is to shame the other side and i think that um a comedy like this should exist in a place where people see that it's just, it's just parody and it's just a comedy. It doesn't have, it, it is politically motivated, but people need to learn to chill out. People need to learn to not take everything so fucking seriously all the time. Right now, everything's so hyper serious and everyone's so high strung defending their logic to one another that there's no room for things like humor, you know, or, 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 controversial humor because everybody's so busy like that's offensive that's horrible it's like fucking chill out dude and a movie like this is needed i think people need to chill out uh yeah and and uh i think that was the strong side also from postal one it was highly political but highly uh like bad for every political party. Yeah. And and I think that is why people uh, in the South and North and everywhere in, enjoyed it because it had actually no rules whatsoever. And I think that that is the thing what is now even more needed as anything else. It's it's just like, uh, uh, as you said, the, the, the political parties are so diametral like 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 completely away from each other not reaching over the aisle giving a shit about each other want the other side dead basically yeah and and you know and and that has to change totally and uh that is only changeable a little like john stewart says also bill mayer says the same right like reaching over the aisle means also just let them live you know like don't be hostile to anything they do and and i think that that is the the the, the thing and uh um, having a different different attitude uh, about it and i think humor is an enormous building bridge of course in humor today as we saw with the chapelle special or whatever uh is also bringing the 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 cancel culture people up the uh, you know the the twitter police people up it brings them up but i don't think they are in a majority i i, I think they are 10 10 15 of the population is so political correct they don't want any political incorrect joke but 85 percent of the population if democrats or republicans or independents whatever hate this they hate the political correctness of everybody. They hate it that people cannot say anything anymore or making jokes about whatever subject matter is in front of them. They're hating it. And I think that is the thing where 
we have to get uh, with with postal is it's like a break free moment. You know, yeah. it's this kind of like uh, uh, where everybody feels represented like like a representation through the movie in getting evenly insulted and get over it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no, it's, it's left, it's right, it's it's all over the place. And I, in reality, people just need to start looking at each other as people and not like as Democrats or Republicans. And maybe, as you say, humor will break down those barriers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, uh, no, I, I think that... that uh, um, that makes the film so so important, and uh, that what is the reason it should get done. But uh, it looks like also like from time to time, you know that like, uh, I mean, I did so much and and did so many things, and then I feel sometimes nothing comes back. Right? Yeah. You ask people like whatever Zach Ward, I ask, and then it comes back. Yeah, he's on a tour right now with a, a charity thing. But what brings him? to not answering my question. Like, you want to do Postal 2? You want to be in Postal 2? Why cannot say yes? Why Vince Dizzy from the Postal video game uh, emails me, he is whatever, on a, in Venezuela, wherever he is, right? But if you can answer me in Venezuela, you can also answer my one question. Can I make Postal 2 without paying you? Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we just cannot afford to pay a video game company where my film is seen by way more people who ever... My film is way bigger and legend, more legendary as the postal video game sales. What you need to tell him is that there's a synergistic relationship between the games and the movie, and a lot of people had never heard of the game until the film. I mean, I love the game. I do. Yeah. And the new Postal 4 game is great, but if they want to increase their sales a movie and to hit a variety in all of the news media that will cover the fact that this movie exists you know it's going to happen we'll do nothing but translate into game sales so come on you yeah know, say, by the way i did that with majesco now too with blood rain and then it found out majesco is ply is bankrupt and i it's don't know a, how how rock yeah, that's what? Ziggurat Games owns Blood Rain, and I wrote them a letter. I, uh, it's they don't do anything with it. There's a new game company that owns it because you're right, and Ziggurat yeah. Interactive, they're kind of sitting on the IP. They're not doing anything with it. So I'm I wrote them a letter basically saying that if they want to increase their game sales, work with us. Just talk with us. It doesn't have to be like we don't. We just talk with us. Let's just have a discussion. We can figure it out. But their game sales will go up if we were able to make a Blood Rain film. Yeah, no, but that is also a thing, you know. Like Blood Rain, the games were way. The game was always way smaller as the films, mm -hmm. and and uh, they should also happy if we would propose to do Blood Rain four, uh, and well, um, what you know, it's always it's. So what? Wait. No, what you Hello? Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I want to send them the Blood Rain 4 treatment if you have, if you give me permission. Because I want to say this is what we were working on. You're a new team. And, uh, you know, you, we don't have to work with this, but I wanted to show you uh, what, what we were working on. And maybe we could go back to this, you know, because we have it done. It's developed. Yeah, I know, but I don't think we can uh, leave it how we developed it. Uh, but a little expensive. Yeah, it's a little expensive. Yeah, email it to me again or whatever, you know, like, and then we go over it, we, we make notes and we think about how could we shoot that uh, in Eastern Europe somewhere, uh, whatever, right? So to, but, but it could make sense for a blood rain, for example, when I look at the sales, um, it could make sense to do... Um, for like a million, one and a half million bucks, blood rent for it could make the money back, and uh, that is massive, a massive difference as uh, uh, as of films. You know, blood rain two and three made more money as postal. 
Yes. And that is it's very shockingly when you think about it about the the size and the quality of the films. But stuff like Blood Rain, stuff like In the Name of the King sells better because it plays everywhere. With a comedy like Postal, you need to make all your money in North America and Europe. There, there is just like in Latin America, they don't understand it. They, in Asia, they don't understand it. In Africa, they don't understand it. It has no following outside of North America and Europe. But films like Blood Rain, In the Name of the King, Alone in the Dark, they work everywhere. Mm. You know, There's, it's a huge difference then because then you have way more TV deals, you have way more uh, like home video deals, etc. And it, it brings uh, it brings more sales. But that is just me as the producer uh, saying facts, right? Of course, I'm way more into shooting postal too. But I'm also not anymore or not at all into tanking constantly money. Oh, yeah. We you need know? a return. I know. We need a return. And yeah. uh, we can figure it out. We're trying to figure it out at least. So we're on the path, right? Yeah. So I finished watching that film from Jane Campion with Benedict Cumberbatch. And I have to say it is uh, uh, similar to Heaven's Gate. You know, like, it's so boring. It's two hours, ten minutes. Good wow. acting. But nothing happens. You think the whole time with the shootout. I mean, it's kind of a Western, right? But there will be no gunshots fired in two hours and ten minutes in a Western. So, and uh, it was very, very disappointing. And I had a hard, hard time to watch it through. Uh so a two-hour Western with no guns. That's fucking exactly. weird. Yeah, exactly. And that is what I was thinking also at one point. I saw it the whole time. Kirsten Dunst marries the brother from Benedict Cumberbatch. And they are like, uh, they have a, a beef uh, production, right? So, and then uh, he, Benedict Cumberbatch hates Kirsten Dunst. He thinks she's a total alcoholic and gold digger. And, but she has a son who is like a total like loser guy you know he's like he loves flowers but not like hard guys work but then he Cumberbatch turns a little into the friend friendly uh, uh, first he makes jokes about the sun but then he uh, they're turning into friends and then they are riding around and uh, he hurts his hand like when the Cumberbatch he has a little like wound in his hand and then he gets blood poisoning and is dead and that is it the end of the film. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, you know, and and but why is that now out there for all the Oscar nominations? Is yeah, like, I've heard a lot of hype about this. Yeah, I know, and you know, you know, Roma, yeah, the the Cuaron film, right, the black and white film, who was absolutely boring too, and it went, it got so many uh, uh, nom nominations, uh, where you see basically. A South African cleaner cleaning a balcony for 15 minutes straight in the beginning, and you think like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and and uh, yeah, but but that is the stuff. That are the people's darlings. That that is that are directors, actors lining up to work with, and it is all the Terrence Malick who made only crap, and it's it's just like, uh, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling for me. Yeah. You know, that because I made so many very concrete films, very like, wh where are the stars who like in the face movies, who likes, who like blunt statements, like my sty style of filmmaking? Why nobody uh, looks like they like it? Now everybody will say, yeah, because the movies are shit, but they're not. They're not. Like, if, 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 you, if you watch from Stoic to Tunnel Rats, whatever, if you watch this movie, The Southern Wall Street, you will have an emotional impact on you. It's like very unsettling films, but not at all boring. You know, and is that not like the main key to make films? I mean, is that not the, the I've wrote in my German speaking memoirs, right? I've, I said the biggest crime a filmmaker can do is to bore the audience. That is for me the biggest crime. And, and uh, the, everything else, you know, you can shock, you can make the people piss in their pants, laughing their asses off. But you can uh, 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 
you know, you cannot, uh, you cannot bore the audience. If you watch something and you start sleeping because it's so boring, uh, th 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 that is the thing. And and why nobody follows what I say? Like why why it looks like tons of actors lining up to play in boring dramas with nowhere to go, where nothing really happens. So you have you had that a lot. You had that also in Moonlight, for example. Run for all the Oscars. And what 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 was Moonlight? I mean, where the fuck what's happening in Moonlight? You know, like it's I mean it's it's not nothing. It's it's not like uh, uh you know I'm a big fan of of dramas and, and and things, but there are a lot of dramas also they're just not boring. That they're, they're just engaging or or uh, uh they they move you in in a way but then you have a lot of high-end dramas and i have the feeling in the last 10 years they're more and more uh, uh where where uh where this uh, uh yeah where they well, go well, as, as more boring it is as more you get in A-list festivals, as more you get nominations for Oscars and Brit awards and critical awards and whatever fucking awards they're giving out every year, you know, and that is pissing me off. I mean, it's it's just like I don't get that. Why why there are no more people in juries or whatever who have the basically the same taste like like what we have in films. The problem is is that social trends have changed and social attitude to change. The young always comes up on top as the largest consumers of this product. So at some point, the studios and the producers whose money is on the line realize that they have to cater to these people, that perception is everything. Even though they don't actually give a fuck, the money is the most important thing. So they realize but that, that, but that is the reason they do the Avengers films, whatever, right? So you have you have basically the two worlds. You have yeah. the Star Wars Avengers world where they spend two hundred million for Dune and Bond and whatever, and then you have the twenty to forty to fifty million uh, uh, drama world where they just all invest in now with the streamers involved too, invest in this kind of dramas from famous or ex-famous directors. Yeah. Uh, who just shoot whatever the fuck they want, and as as more boring it is, as more they hyping that movies up. Yeah, and it's the, the it's reviewers about playing a part in it. The reviewers jumping on that stuff uh, like it's the best stuff ever. Look at the Daisy Chain. So the reviewers will feel more legitimate. They'll feel more legitimate, and the uh, studios are aware of perception. They're aware that. Um, you know, people are going to react a certain way. So the movies get put kind of in a little box, like where they're afraid to go to a lot of categories or subjects in fear of alienating demographics. So they make less money. So the movies become more boring. They become more um, small, if you would. They still pump tons of money into it, throw stars into them. But the movies are afraid to take any fucking chances. Yeah, but 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 uh, 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 but it's also um, kind of idiotic. And uh, for example, the Paul Thomas Anderson, he did a new film. It's also hyped up endlessly already. The artsy shit. I hear you. Yeah, you know the 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 one that what plays in the valley in, in the yeah. Uh, the, I can't yeah, remember that. The... Yeah, and I, I look as I said before, uh, I'm a, a friend of Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood. They yeah. were big, big, great movies. I really, really liked them. So, but I'm not a big fan of The Master. Uh, you know, that Scientology bullshit thing, what he did there? And then he did another film, what was like, I don't even know what that was. And then he did The Phantom Thread with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, what was horrible. I mean, it was really horrible, right? So a horrible, boring piece of shit film. And of course it got Oscar nominations because he had Denzel Washington. Uh, he, he had uh, 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 Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. you know? And, and uh, 
why nobody can call that out? Why nobody can call out what it really was? It was a boring piece of shit. And basically, as soon as he got Megan Allison as the producer uh, uh, on his shows, he got a lot of money, could do whatever he wanted. And, uh, um, you know, and, and that is the thing, what, what I think is, is, is horrible, that there is no correct correction to it. There, yeah. is, there is just no, nobody is, is anymore there uh, to correct total bullshit. Well, the, and, the thing is that the people, are, people are so used to the Academy trying to sell films from, uh, like, they're helping the studios sell their films, basically. And the studios are saying, yeah, we'll put this director in and this actor in, it'll be Oscar bait. But they pretend like it's totally legitimate. And thus the audience doesn't know because... All of this shit is being nominated that it's for disingenuous reasons that the audience in time forgets to know what the difference is between an actually good film and a bad film because they're now kind of uh, toxified by constant mainstream decisions for the bottom line that I don't think anybody knows what an actually good film is, that they all go by the reviewers, they all go by, oh, that director's name is in it, that actor is in it. They don't know what goes on. They don't know what makes a good film. And it's fucking sad. Yeah, that is what I mean. It's it's like uh, very much, uh, yeah, problematic. They're being led, they're sheep. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all about money. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but it's all about money, also from the reviewers, from the newspapers. Yeah, you know? they just care about uh, how they're perceived. That as long as they keep the money train going, that they're perceived as legitimate. You know, and if they if they had too much of a voice that didn't go with the rest of the papers, I mean, this, let's be honest, the papers are owned by three three companies, all the newspapers in America. So of course they're all going to have generally the same opinion. Because I bet you they're getting advertising dollars from a lot of those movies in the fucking movie section or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that is a big problem, you know. And uh, it happened in the video game industry. If you guys remember when Kane and Lynch got reviewed by GameSpot, the guy got fired because GameSpot had ads for that game. And the guy gave it like a 6 out of 10. So that's the world we're living in where... If the company has investments or large, they have a lot of advertising time, the reviews are going to be positive on movies, games, entertainment, all sorts of shit. It's not necessarily legitimate. And try and educate yourself to know the difference between um, a good film and popcorn. People saying now that Batman is fucking a masterpiece need to get the fuck up. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Yeah, but that is the thing, you know. Uh, uh, it's it's a very bad situation uh, that now in the last ten years, movies, mediocre like event films, basically got hyped up to sensational. Uh, yeah, and they're just mediocre. And it's all because of the money and the money that was spent on these movies. Bullshit. People are like, yeah. oh, Tenet, oh, Christopher Nolan. Oh, my God, The Dark Knight. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, fine. But it's fucking, I'm going to jerk off in the corner for five years. Awesome, you know? like. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I tell you. It's like waking up and we have it. And you know what I just saw in the news? What? Elon Musk says his space program his racket thing the spacex yeah is almost bankrupt yeah i read that the other day because the, the, what it is is that their engines run on like a bunch of cores and it takes a long time for them to make one core the power of the engine it's like 15 cores it takes years so their production is behind and if they don't speed up then he's gonna go bankrupt and whatever i don't know if, if, if they can speed it up uh, because he's the only person that makes that shit. You know what I mean? It's all specialized hardware. Yeah, but I think it's kind of funny if he says he's bankrupt, but at the same time, he has 240 billion bucks because of his Tesla. 
Stop. He's not going to put his money into the company, dude. Not his personal money? No way. <laughs> it's surprising, too. That is where then the reality comes comes basically uh, out, right? So it's it's like this kind of like, oh, we're going bankrupt and it's so important to fly to Mars, you know? And then like, okay, maybe you should put just $5 billion, billion from your own $220 billion in. No fucking way, you know? <laughs> I know he's the richest guy on the planet. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's really unbelievable. And uh, 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 yeah, but uh, what else happened today, tonight? Uh, there were various things. We're getting this. close to Christmas. Uh, how, how about we talk about that a little bit? Are you getting? We'll say it real quiet. Is Walty and the rest of the kids getting really good stuff from Santa? Are you going to dress up in a Santa outfit? Nah. No. <laughs> you should. No, not doing the Santa. But, you know, in Germany, it's tomorrow something. It's Nikolaus, the Santa Claus Day. It, uh, no, it's not in North America. But in the, uh, on December 6th in Germany, you have to put your shoes out. And then you wake up and you get some gifts. Okay. So, That's interesting. That's yeah, for, yeah, I know, but it's for Walter, of course, the perfect thing, because <laughs> because now uh, uh, he gets something before Christmas already. What about Krampus and the tree branch and shit? The silver branch. What do you mean the silver branch? It's like if you're if you're a good little boy, you get <laughs> presents, yeah. or if you're bad, Krampus leaves like a silver twig or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, no, in, that is the whole thing with Nikolaus here. So that you have in Germany in the mythology, basically. So you have Nikolaus and you have Knecht Ruprecht. And Knecht Ruprecht is the bad guy. It's like the bad Santa. So oh. and if, if, you, if you were not behaving, then he comes and whips your ass. <laughs> like a boy's a broom. And uh, so there was always for my parents, for example, the threat. They, they did. You know, if you don't listen, if you don't do what we tell you, there will be nothing in your shoe. Instead, there will be Knecht Ruprecht coming in your bedroom and, and hit you, to, like smash you to a pulp. And then, and then you're totally panicky the whole night. You know, you lay in your bed and you think like, oh my God, the, the, the door could open and I'm dead. And uh, I like that tradition, you know. It's, it, it, it can create a little pressure to the kids. What is uh, not so bad? I mean, KJ uh, gets mostly uh, V-Bucks from Fortnite, you know, because he lives in Canada. So what can I do? So the easiest is the V-Bucks stuff, you know. So just uh, uh, like booking it through uh, instant gaming. And uh, but uh, did you not use did you not said you sent me a package with all kinds of stuff that never yeah. I fucking got it back the other day. I was really pissed off. Like, custom okay. sent it back yeah. to me. I spent like fucking $45 on that package. It sucks. Don't <laughs> send it again. Just don't send it again for now. It's uh, uh, it's not worth the money for now. Because that fan convention is long over, you know. And oh, But uh, you need this stuff. I need to get more stuff and put it in a bigger box. And Because, like, you, I have T-shirts here for you. I have all sorts of shit that I haven't sent. The package that I sent was pretty small just for the convention, but I, yeah. I will get together other stuff for you. I will, but maybe for Christmas or something and you get it for New Year's or something, but yeah. I know that the shipping always sucks. I had that also from Canada to Germany. It costs like 80 bucks to ship something, but cost 20 bucks. And you think like, what the fuck is this? I mean, sorry, ridiculous. And uh, they have a it's, flat it's really rate naughty. box. There's a flat rate box that that I can put as much stuff as I want um, into this box that fits this size, but it is pretty expensive, you know, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Or it doesn't work. It doesn't come in, right? That is the, the other problem. Which, Why they send you, it back? Yeah. <laughs> so money gone and you got the package back. Yeah, I got, but whatever, you know, I, I'm fine. It's I'm not crying. I, it, that I was kind of half expecting it to come back. It's half the time stuff will reach you, the other time it won't. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, so 
political subject matter in the very end. Russia has 180,000 troops in front of the Ukraine. Oh, ready God. To, you know, and ready to invade the Ukraine. Um, Why? What the fuck is going on? No, because, like, you remember that Ukraine was part of Russia before. And then, basically, when the Warsaw Pact from Russia broke apart, Russia lost everything. One country after the other stepped out of the, the contract with Russia and joined the EU, joined the NATO, Hungary, Poland, Czech But Republic. I thought that Russia already invaded their ass and, like, Russia pretty much has a control over them, I thought. Um, even no, yeah, they, they, they did one thing. They uh, invaded the Krim. It's a part of the Ukraine, and it's basically uh, the uh, uh, the haven, like where all the ships are, because the Russians have their whole like navy. Uh, they want uh, control of the hub for like all of the business purposes. I yeah. Get. That is already under Russian control. And then it's Ukraine, you can say, is split two-thirds totally under control of the Ukraine government and one-third stayed always in the control of, like, Russian kind of rebels uh, supported by Putin. Because there are a lot of Russians living in Ukraine. You know, they, they just lived there forever, like for 100 years. So they are, of course, not willing to just, when it turned out, Ukraine will have their own country, uh, they didn't give up their Russian identity. So there are, so when, when Putin would now invade all of Ukraine, he would get a lot of support from the Russian-born, Russian-speaking Russian guys, basically there. But the Ukraine is not like the Afghanistan army who will just give up. There yeah. will be a that will be a massive war because uh, we delivered all that weapons to the Ukraine and the Ukraine, as I said, are not like the Afghanistan uh, people. They, they will fight for their country. So there will be a full-blown war uh, very close to Greece, very close to Europe. And uh, they're not NATO members. So nobody from the NATO will get involved but my problem is like why is putin doing that i mean is this guy out of control he's the typical dictator who yeah. doubles down before his fall you know because because i mean uh, uh, all dictators most of them don't know how to exit and then they're ending in a ditch well, he's been in power for long enough that I think that he secured stability for himself just yeah, by for so long. Gaddafi, Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, Mubarak. There are a lot of Middle East dictators who ended in a ditch because they couldn't just like do a peace talk, get over it, and and the thing is over. Well, I think that the Russian people are emboldened by or at least on the what we can see because the rest of it is being censored because they're so afraid of going to jail and being locked up that he has a pretty tight control over image over the way people live their lives and i think that he he um he's playing a game where he wants russia basically to become the us and he resents the eu he wants russia to return to its former glory you know, uh, it's a lot Gorbachev, but like a little more intense. And he has the support of the community because they're all nationalists and they see that Russia has gained quite a bit of power through his manipulations of other markets. He understands the other, the global territories so well that he has them in the palm of his hand and it's very coordinated, unlike the U.S. where we're fighting ourselves I mean, Russia, it, it, that's the fucked up, the scary thing is that, and then the Russia has, has put themselves, inserted themselves into world politics like Afghanistan and other things. So they, they want to be, they want to have their hand in the pot of everything to have a say because they want to have power and control and influence, you know? Yeah. No, but that is the biggest problem, right? He cannot handle it that the, uh, 
the Russian power shrinked enormously down worldwide, yeah. you know, and uh, then he basically, the whole country lives from selling gas and oil. And uh, I mean, where's the Russian powerful things? Those are he can he can threaten to cut off gas, and that that's a powerful motivator, you know. No, that he will do this. That is the thing, you know. There's the Nord Stream uh, pipeline to Germany with the gas, and before that pipeline, all the gas came from the Ukraine. The gas came from Russia, but it went through the Ukraine, and Germany paid, for example, Ukraine for the gas. So, but. If you think it's through, if he would cut off, let's say the, he marches into Ukraine, then uh, the sanctions happen, right? Immediately. So they're getting cut off everything. So now he said, okay, I cut the gas. But what is, what, what is the, the, the benefit for him is then zero because then he gets no more money. He just wants the power and the influence. He wants them to live under fear. He, he has psychological tactics down. Like, they will obey like he he breaks their spirit and then he controls them because they've given up uh you mean they the people from russia you mean the, the population or what well, well he takes the he, okay he wants to send a message to these people so he takes their gas away yeah he's it's short-term loss of money but long-term gains because the people that he wants to influence will submit and then eventually the gas will be turned back on, but he'll have all of these extra like incentives. Okay, so now that who's done wrong, you take away their Nintendo and then you barter with them. What should, what are you going to do for me to give you back your Nintendo? That's him with the gas. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a bargaining chip, almost like gambling. Yeah, I know, but if, if there are hundreds of thousands of people dead in the Ukrainian war, uh, the the West will not overlook that and say now it's all about the gas. They they will sanction Russia for for the military invention. And uh, that's the thing is that Russia seems to care less about this shit. The more power they gain, the less influence the U.S. has over sanctions and things like that. Yeah. Yes. And no. Right. I mean, it's it's. I, I mean, it's it's an interesting point of view you have. I I uh, don't see overall a benefit for Putin to invade to the Ukraine. <laughs> Let's say it this way. Uh, I think he make he makes a major mistake if he's doing it. It will cost hundreds thousands of lives, yeah. and uh, you will never have a peaceful. Uh, because look, he's not the Taliban, right? Yeah. The, 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 by the way, there was a news today, too, that the Taliban executed like 100 people, even if they said they would never do it. And now they start doing that shit already. So, but that was for me crystal clear that they do it. But Putin is not the Taliban. So, but now, how you want to do that? How you want to invade a country? And uh, two thirds of the population are Ukrainians. They speak not even Russian, they speak Ukrainian language. It's not directly like Russia. They understand Russia, but it's not a direct uh, language. So now, what, what do you think what will happen there? Then you're happy. They will be happy like slaves for the Russians for the rest of their life. There's like the mayor of of uh, Kiev is Vladimir Klitschko, that boxer, for example, right? They're all people. Like, I mean, the, the Ukrainians are very European-driven, democratic-driven now. They will just not accept that. You, yeah. you you will have like massive terror attacks after the invasion. You will you will have a, a civil war. Uh, continuing after military invention, then you have the whole West uh, sanction you to death. And uh, I mean, I really don't know what the fuck that, that, that the outcome is. What I don't want with other words is I don't want an escalation that at one point you force an idiot like Putin to push the red button. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no nuclear launches in, in any lifetime. I think that it's been so long since we've had a nuclear event but people don't fucking understand the true devastation of a nuclear attack. So I hope we never fucking, I, we need to disarm all that shit. It's bad. We don't need to destroy ourselves, you know? Yeah. You know, but that is my problem. You know, it's like, my problem is that, uh, it, it's, uh, it's so bad that, uh, a lot of wars, like developing out of little crap 
and then they escalating and getting bigger, you know. So yeah. what? Look, look at the First World War. Like a Hungarian guy got shot in Austria, like a like a, a prince. Then uh, Germany basically said we helped the the Austrians on on it, uh, whatever, like to to just like destroy Hungary. And then more and more uh, countries joined Hungary, and then it completely escalated. End of the that two years later, the whole world was in a war, based on total bullshit. You know, yeah. so and, and that, that is the thing. It's like, uh, uh, I mean, the Second World War was different because Hitler went out and really, like, went on a rampage and tried to take every single country in Europe, and uh, uh, so he had to get stopped in in the end, uh, but. A lot of times wars coming out or starting based on like a little fire, fire in the hole, basically, you know, and then they're escalating up. And and uh, and that is the thing. I, I'm, I don't want this to happen because we all know if, if Russia and the, the NATO partners would, would have a war, uh, um, you know, I mean, we all know that we would destroy Russia. But Russia still can destroy all of us if they're just uh, uh, annihilating, uh, annihilating everybody with with atom bombs. So that is the problem. That's, that's I think that hard thinking, that that violent thinking of intimidating people into submission, has never really worked. So I agree. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. That was it for today. And yeah, let's. Uh... In a few days, people will hear from us again. Yes, guys, please tune in to uh, Uberball Raw USA. Uh, subscribe and um, post this online so the show can grow. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.